Previously on Just Cow in the City. I want to go to that coffee shop. It's staring in my face every day. What are the odds? I mean, you got to be kidding me. I was so angry about that. I think I broke up with her right after that. What kind of person would make somebody work on Super Bowl Sunday? And they're having a dinner at a table for two. We've been friends for a short period of time, but he knows how I feel about shit. What the fuck is he talking to her for? I'm the man at this table. She had pork up. She was going to fry up as an appetizer. Hotcha! Just got in the city. Everybody's here looking good and pretty. Been down, isn't it a pity? Trying to make things looking bright and chippy. All around, people seem crazy. Walking around trying not to be lazy. But at night, it's a different place. Making it work in your own space. Come on, come on and dance all night. I'm here each week, it'll be alright. Cause it's just out in the city. Cause it's just out in the city. Cause it's just out in the city. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Just Cow in the City. Just Cow in the City. Just Cow. Hello, everybody. Oh, my goodness. What a great day it is. February 22, maybe, I think. Tuesday, February 22nd. Nice to see everybody joining us today for what uh, could be the best podcast of all time. And when I say that, I, I have nothing to go by now. Actually, it's probably the worst podcast of all time. I think I... I think I did everything I had to do last week, and I don't have anything else to say. I, I, it's a short week for us, so you know I don't do that much anymore. It's, it's not like the old days when we could do whatever we wanted. But whatever the case may be, there's still enough stuff to talk about that hopefully will pique your interest in listening and being a listener of the Just Gow in the City podcast. I hope everybody, as usual, had a wonderful week. February is a very strange month. It's stupid. Everybody hates it. It's short for a good reason, and March sucks too. Actually, everything sucks until about May, and then things get back to normal. Really, you're talking about the after Christmas, after Thanksgiving, you know, when the fall, as everybody knows, is Dave Juskow's favorite time of the year from September, from about September to March. That's from Mary Poppins. Why I threw that in? I couldn't even begin to tell you. But the other day when it was so cold, a friend of mine went to buy some long underwear. The shopkeeper said to him, how long do you want it? And my friend said, well, from about September to March. From September to December, let's face it, best time of the year. It's just fun times. The weather's always perfect. It's fun. It's interesting. It's it's food written, you know, with Thanksgiving, your Halloween, all that kind of stuff. It's so much fun. And then you get to January, and that stinks. But if you like football, then it's okay. And then just February and after the Super I mean, I, yes, if you're judging everything by football, then it's awful. But I'm not. I can't wait to go back to my normal non-football existence, have Sundays back, all that kind of stuff. But let's face it, February blows. Everybody knows it. Nothing good happens in February. March sucks, too. April sucks even more, and then May, you know, then you're feeling pretty good, you know? So it takes that much time to get over the good times in life until December. Because, like, just regular stuff happens. You know, you live your life from January to May, you know, and then in May, maybe, and I don't know, maybe it's different. Maybe it's just here because, you know, here we live in a place, or I live in a place that has seasons, 
And maybe then in May, you know, things just get better. You're thinking about the summer. You're like, what's going to happen? I don't know. But, but I feel like that happens every, even if you're in L.A. and it's perfect weather every day. You know, if you're on a show or something, usually you end and you take the summer off. So you're all thinking about that. And then I don't know, that's all I got. I just can't stand February, March and April. I think they're stupid months. There's a uh, dumb, you know, you, you Passover and Easter. Nobody cares about those. Those are the worst holidays because they don't compare to Christmas. And, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, I guess you can include Hanukkah. That. I don't know. But they don't compare to Christmas and Thanksgiving. Nobody likes Passover. It's like stupid. And Easter's dumb. It's a, you know, it's a, Easter's just like, uh, it's not like Christmas. You, you want it to be like Christmas, but it's not like Christmas. So anyway, that all being said, welcome to February. <laughs> We're right in the smack of things, right in the middle of things. Well, I'll just tell you, I open up, I have a big announcement to make everybody, a big announcement. On Monday, Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day, February 14th, 2022, that was last week, okay, I took the subway. I couldn't make it. Couldn't make it the full two years to March 9th, 2022. I tried, and then I said, fuck this. There's just no other way of putting it. I was going out to UFC in Queens. And my friendly, can you make it at seven? And then I knew, I don't know, because it was freezing. It was like 16 degrees. And I'm like, ugh, I'm finally, I think it's over for me. The thought of taking the motor, the motorcycle and the bike and the, making the switch and the transfer in the windy, cold weather, I was like, I can't. I can't. I'm done. When, in fact, the subway to go from where I live, which is the Lexington Avenue station on the E-Line, to Jackson Heights, Queens, which I believe is the 73rd Street and Roosevelt Avenue stop. Three stops. Three stops. I'm like, you know what? This is it. We tried to make it two years. Technically, five years from now, we can say, I didn't ride the subway for two years. I mean, I missed it by less than a month. I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I got to take this stupid subway. It's just too easy. And let alone the fried chicken place is right underneath the subway. I mean, it really goes point to point. And the thought of just being that cold and going through all that crap and that nonsense, uh, you know, after it gets dark, you know, getting there by five o'clock is a completely different story because it's still daylight. But then I realized, like, leaving at 6.30 or 6, once it gets dark and colder, I was like, no, no, I can't, I can't do, or I, I just got to tell them I can't make it. And then I'm like, but I want to make it. I want to make it. I was productive all day. I want to have this chicken and beer. You know how I, it, it makes my Monday so happy. And boy, was it terrific. But I got it. Okay, so here, so I'm like, I'm looking at the, I'm like, I can't believe it's three stops. It's three stops because the E line is an express line uh, as long as you take it before 11 o'clock. So, yeah, I took it and I took it back. I mean, it just couldn't have been any more convenient. 
Now, was I nervous? No. But when I got to the train station, I was nervous. I started to get nervous, as, as Pat Benatar says. Get nervous, get nervous, get nervous. She's the best. We're going to talk about her later. In fact, I was just thinking, perhaps on this week's show, we'll have Rick Newman on. Rick Newman used to own Catch a Rising Star, which was the famous comedy club, which gave Pat Benatar her start. And we want her in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I won't take no for an answer. That's rock and roll, baby. Not Dolly Parton. Awesome idea of making a song about anxiety. Let alone the album cover itself. Anxiety. Oh man, she's really terrific. She's gotta get in. She's gotta get in. A solo rock and roll female artist at that time? Come on, man. Let's do this. Let's do this. Anywho, let me get right back to what we were talking about. The subway system, talking about anxiety, get nervous. I was nervous. I finally got to the uh, Lexington Avenue Station, which I guess right by the post office. It's all nice and clean over there, 54th and 3rd. And then, you know, I started going down the stairs, and I started to get nervous. I'm like, oh, now it's going to get gross and sketchy and disgusting, and it did. I had to buy my first Metro card ever in a long time. And, and for some reason, I believe the subway is $2.75. And they're like, do you want a quick Metro card? I'm like, yes, for $9. Now, unless my math is wrong. Wait, I don't, I don't, maybe I'm right. Wait, two seventy-five. dollars Do I have a calculator here? I don't think that adds up to four trips. Why would they give you a $9 card? I took it because I was like, well, they must know what they're doing. Why don't they just make an $11 card so you have four trips? That doesn't add up at all. Boy, what a, why did I take that deal? I don't, it was just quick. I just wanted one quick. I thought it would be a, a four-trip ticket. $2.75 a piece, they give you a $9 card? What the fuck is that? I'm going to have 75 cents left on my... That's weird. That's stupid. New York City sucks. They're dumb. They're dumb everywhere. Boy, that's really stupid. Well, I took that stupid card and I went down and all of a sudden I'm like, now look at all these people. There's a, first of all, I couldn't believe there were so many people on there, right? Because I guess people have been taking the subway all this time. And then, of course, I saw the train come and it's like packed. And I'm like, ugh, because I thought it would be later. Like it was around 630. So I'm like, maybe it won't be as packed. But it was packed. But I will tell you this. I got on the subway and I said, thank God I'm wearing a mask. Now, there were a couple of, I guess there's a bunch of people that choose not to wear masks on the subway. Uh, those people are idiots. I mean, there were like two people that weren't wearing masks who have to be the stupidest people on the planet. Because I will tell you this, 
that first of all, we should have been wearing masks in the subway before the pandemic. Subways are gross. And I will tell you this, that even after they finish the mask mandate, I will bring my mask with me to wear on a subway every time I take the subway. The subways are disgusting and complete germ carriers. And that's one of the reasons I didn't want to take it, the subway for all this time. Because I remember when somebody would sneeze on the subway, that was the worst thing you could do. And nowadays it would be even worse. But I remember somebody would sneeze and then I'd get really uptight and I'd try to breathe through my nose. But that doesn't help. But I'd try to blow out their germs. This is my technique for trying not to get sick. Somebody would sneeze and I'd go, you know, I'd blow it out and then I'd breathe in very, not a lot with my nose. It was really messed up. That was my technique for where I'm picturing all these germs coming to me. I'd blow them away. And that's how I survived. But with a mask, you know, I don't need to do that. Then I thought, oh, my God, I'm not wearing a good enough mask for the subway, which I actually have a good enough mask in my pocket. I, I just wasn't thinking in those terms. But after I saw the kind of people that are on the subway again and I'd forgotten, yeah, I got to get a better mask. Those people are disgusting. Everyone that rides the subway is stupid. And this is a stupid, stupid city to live in. Thank you. <laughs> the fuck the subway. But uh, boy, goddamn, was it convenient. I mean, that's the thing. When I'm on it, the first stop is Queens. Then the second stop is Queens. Then the third stop is my destination. I mean, it could not have been any easier. The only thing I didn't do was I had my headphones in and I forgot there's no internet connection there. So I didn't download anything. I guess next time it would be nice to listen to something. So... I think I was listening to the Billy Joel podcast or something. So next time, I guess I got to download it and then I can listen to it or a song or something. I don't know. I guess I got to figure it out. I just I haven't ridden the subway in two years, so I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, boy, was that convenient. And I had my uh, gloves, you know, that were I put on the high thing because it was so cold. Even though I was in the subway, I still liked having it warm and toasty. Obviously, they work well as long as you're not riding a motorcycle. Stupid gloves. Next year, I'm getting better ones. Anyway, I got to my stop, and then I got to my stop, and I'm trying to stay indoors the whole time. I'm trying to figure I don't know how it works. And I'm, like, going all the way down the street because I think the place, the chicken wing place is on 71st Street, and this drops you off at 74th, and I'm trying to do it all underground. And then I end up on another subway platform, which is the 7 train, and I'm walking up. I can't get out. I can't figure out the exit at this point. So then I, I don't know what happened, and I'm like, uh, now I don't know where the hell I am. But, again, I knew I was close. It's just that neighborhood is gross. It's disgusting. Jackson Heights, Queens is gross. It's gross. And my friends live there, and they're stupid for living there. But that's not their problem. That's not their point. I guess you live there because it's cheaper. I don't know. But I would never want to live there. I don't understand people that live in Queens, especially in Jackson Heights. It's gross and disgusting. And you say to yourself, you want to live your life to get out of that. You know? And moving to Jersey or anywhere else is just better. It's disgusting there. And if there's the elevated train is all over the place, as if it could get any worse. So then it's also noisy and gross it's a really disgusting neighborhood, and anybody that tells you differently is a moron. 
Seriously, they're just people that are stupid, and obviously they can't afford to live anywhere else, which is fine. That, of course, we can understand. But don't be telling me that it's a great place to live because then you're just an idiot because it really sucks. I mean, unless you want to live in poverty because that's what that is. Now, granted, I'm going to have to move there soon. That's a whole nother story. That's a me problem. But that's where you go when you have no money. You know, so you're hoping to live. Well, Manhattan apparently isn't the destination anymore, but just someplace nicer and and cleaner and quieter. Isn't that the plan we all strive for? You know, I lived, I, you know how much I hate Astoria, Queens. I lived there when I was a kid. You know, when I first got my apartment, I fucking hated it there because it was, you know, the plan was to always live in Manhattan. Now that's not a thing. Nobody cares anymore. You can live in Brooklyn or some people like living in Queens and the places have changed, but they are still the opening to good times or or uh, all in the family. You know what I'm saying? It's still all just poverty ridden. So again, I'm not saying, hey, I'm rich. I don't have to live there. You guys all know my financial status. I'm just saying you want to do everything in your power to not live there. And anybody that tells you they're, they might be happy there, but I'm hoping they have better aspirations. It's, a, it's just disgusting. And, and maybe that just comes from growing up in suburbs or something. I don't know. But if I can never live there, my I have bad dreams about that area and that place, and it's just totally gross. And where UFC is is gross. It's disgusting. But I don't care. I'm only there for two hours, and it's you know it's become my happy place. But that neighborhood, you know, getting in and out of it is bad. But the place itself, unidentified flying chicken. God damn. Right. I get there Monday. My friend leaves trying to build a, a speakeasy on the top of it which will be fun, right? So he's painting, he's doing, so we're hanging out. He's like, let's get a couple of beers and we'll talk, right? So I get this new beer. I got a picture of it. I can't remember the name of it. It was a canned beer. And they say, you know, I'm always looking for the perfect beer. It was a canned beer. And they say it's the first amber ale ever. I don't know what it's called. I got a picture for the uh, Patreon uh, bonus. Whatever it was, I had four cans of it. It was fantastic. So I, I couldn't have been more pleased. I think I was drunk and I was happy, about it, but it was a good drunk. Not too bad where I was going to have trouble getting home or anything. You know, just four cans of beer. Cans of beer. A couple cans of beer, right? But it was delicious. I was so happy because it finally found this perfect amber beer that I like. That's my favorite kind of beer, right? If I can't get the black and tan, I like amber beer. Like, I was like Sam Adams, you know? But still, this one was just perfect. Like, I don't like sweet. Like, I don't like regular beer or Guinness. I like the in-between. And that's why amber beer is perfect. So, this was great. And that's my favorite kind of beer. And then later after the amber beer, you usually got to switch to regular beer, you know, because you can just have so much of the amber. I guess it is a little sweeter than usual. So we're just hanging out, having a couple of drinks. And then it's so funny. Uh, Lee's husband came, you know, because they're homosexuals. Uh, <laughs> still have trouble saying husband. Um, and they started to get into a, a domestic dispute, which was hilarious. Um, you know, when you, <laughs> I don't know why. It's just funny because I was right in the middle and then we went down to eat, and this time I said, all right, I'm not going to get just the chicken wings this time or just the drumsticks. I'm also going to get the bugaki, which, of course, as you know, I keep calling bukaki because it's hilarious because it's so good. What is that? Just beef, Korean beef, and rice. Oh, my God. That's so good. So I got that, but I also got the drumsticks, and I just and so I got 
we got I got five drumsticks because I knew that'd be enough because I keep overeating, so I got it figured out, right? And I got three hot and two soy garlic, and I opened with the hot, and it's just so weird. I take a bite, and I'm like, God damn. How is this so perfect? Every time I come, I'm like, ah, oh, I'm sick of eating here. But then that first bite, and ever I'm like, I'm so glad I opened with the, my mouth is watering thinking about it. I'm so glad I opened with the hot because it was delicious. It's not like hot, hot. You know, it's like a, a sweet hot. Oh, man, is it good. It just delivers every time, kind of like the wing place, you know, on the, on the west side. It's just funny. That first bite is always so tantalizing. And then you're like, I'm glad I you know, took the subway or took all the time to come here because I am really happy here. And I just kept, you know, having some more beer and hang out upstairs and watching them paint and just, you know, having a conversation. I think, I don't know, maybe spent two hours there, came home. I definitely wanted to make sure that I caught the express train back. Three goddamn stops. That's really good. Three stops, you know, all the way out to Jackson Heights. If you look at it on the map, again, I can show you on the bonus content, You'll see how far it is. And for three stops, it's totally worth it. So then I wasn't sure if I was going to take the subway back. And I'm like, what am I doing? How easy was that on the way here? Let's do it. I thought about taking the bus, but I couldn't figure out where that comes because that drops me off right in front of my house. But I was like, this subway is just too easy. It's just too easy. There's no transferring. Let's just do this. It was beautiful. It came right away. No waiting around. I think I took a picture of the subway. Um, you know, I was trying to get all these pictures, right, for the bonus content, gives you what you pay for, the companion piece to Just Gow in the City. But I got to tell you, it's over. I got the, the monkey off my back. I took the subway, and it was all right. I and mean, we can go back to taking the motorcycle now and everything, but that day was just too cold, just too cold, just too annoying. It's good to know. this And... Cheaper, of course, 275 each way, whatever that equals. I can't believe I can't add that and I needed a calculator. So what is that? About five bucks. The motorcycle cost about eight to eleven dollars. And then the electric bike costs like a dollar or two. So you're also saving a little money by taking the subway too. Yeah, well, that's how you save money. You end up in shitholes and you take shithole modes of transportation. I, of course, live my life as if I have a million dollars. And uh, just don't seem to give a shit. I'm like a princess. I just uh, do all this uh, stuff that I shouldn't be doing. But uh, that's the way I live. Why do you think I like these movies like Clueless and uh, Devil Wears Prada? Because these are girls just living out their dreams. (laughs) As I like to do. I am not going to listen to any more of this. I mean, I've had just about enough. From time to time. So today, this morning, I, I tape, I'm taping on Friday because I have so much to do Saturday. Uh, in, in podcasting world, and, and Billy Joel, we got an interesting guest, and uh, Marina, and all that kind of stuff. So I, you know, my car, which I took in for service, remember I had trouble having getting it out because they wouldn't take American Express, and there's all this stuff, and I said, my car's making the same noise. I went down to see my mother on Wednesday, and the car was still making this noise, so I brought it in, and the guy was like, oh, I'll take a ride with you. We'll figure it out. It was really nice even though I was so mad at this place, you know, for charging me the extra and everything. But he was really nice. And I, so I bought it in this morning, which I was, like, really uptight about, you know, because I got to get, you know, bring my car to service. I got to get the car out of the garage. Is the battery going to start? You know, it's always a, a, a thing. Then you got to drive it around. You, just to get my car serviced, 
it's not like a normal thing that people do if they live in the suburb where you bring your car in for servicing and you have somebody follow you and you go home. For me, I got to get the car out of the garage. Then I got to drive through Central Park, then Columbus Circle. Then I got to back around by the Lincoln Tunnel and then finally pull up to the street where the garage is and double park while I'm waiting for the guy to t- I mean it's just it's it's it, it it's a mind-blowing experience of horribleness and and um as our friend says you know i think i'm gonna have to go with this is the theme song instead of just go in the city we should just make the theme song anxiety anxiety it's just go in the city anxiety get nervous no get just out get just out get just out Anxiety, it's just go in the city. Anxiety, just go in the city. Get just go, get just go, get just go. Will that work? Um. <laughs> so yeah, so I so I bring it in. The guy's really nice. He's like, ah, it's your, it's your uh, power steering. I'm like, I have power steering because every time this this car is twenty over twenty what twenty now it's oh it's twenty years old exactly, two thousand and three. So it's almost twenty twenty years old. And every time I've gotten a rental car or driven my sister or my mother's car, I'm like, now that's power steering. Like, I, I was like, I didn't even know I had power steering. Uh, he's like, yeah, it's your power steering fluid. So he put in some fluid and I don't know. He's like, that's never supposed to evaporate. I'm like, well, it's been 20 years. He's like, yeah, well, you must have a leak because it's never supposed to evaporate. I'm like, really? It just seems after 20 years, everything would evaporate by then. But anyway, I don't know. He put some fluid in. Who knows? It's probably the same thing, but I guess it wasn't the thing they fixed. I whatever i was just so happy he didn't charge me anything and i just took it back but then he was talking about his car and behind me i didn't even notice it was a 1980 camaro this awesome white camaro that he's like fixing up he's like yeah i'm gonna bring it to florida you know he he's a uh, i think he owns the garage and he goes yeah this is what i collect cars like this you know and when you meet guys like that they love talking about the cars and he's telling me all the stuff he's like yeah i got the original parts like a 235 engine and a 6.5, and I'm like, oh, you do? You know, I'm just pretending because I don't want to look like, uh, you know, some sort of pussy boy. I got to pretend I'm like, oh, man, that's some nice mag wheels you got on there, man. Where's the candy apple primer? Am I right? And that's from Greece, so then he knows I'm a homosexual. Um, (laughs) I keep using lines from Greece. He's like, this guy really knows his cars. Right, 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 right. So um, I got to write that down. That's pretty funny uh, at the mechanics when I'm only using lines from the movie Grease. We'll get some overhead lifters and some dual wadded fans to match something. I can't <laughs> uh, what do you got, a Palomino dashboard in there? It's, uh, <laughs> it's, wait a minute. Are you just quoting the song Grease Lightning? It, was I? I didn't, I didn't even. I'm just asking you what the question was. Anyway, it's this beautiful car with... Um, you know, it was like, it didn't look that good, but, it, you know, he can make it look good. And then I was telling him the story. I'm like, you know, because, you know, I want to have a story with the guy. I want to have a guy's story. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I was down in Orlando right last year. I rented a Camaro, you know, the new Camaro. And it's still a chick magnet. I had these two 10-year-olds that, I'm like, well, this came out the wrong way. But you know what I'm saying. It's still a chick magnet. Because remember my friend Katie's like 10-year-old kids. They were like, we want to ride with Jessica because he's got a Camaro. The Camaro still works with the ladies, as we talked about last year at this exact time. So uh, it was really funny. He was really nice. And then I just rode the car right back into the garage. And then the garage, the guys are like, hey, I've been trying to start the car for you every day, if I remember. And I'm like, oh, that's very nice of you. 
they don't seem to mind. It's just bothering me that something's draining the battery every time. And then, and then you know, when I call for the car on Thursdays, whenever when I got to see my money, mother, I have this. Yeah, can you hear my? Exactly, it's pounding. Why? Bam, 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 bam. This is going through my head all the time. I'm like, I got a call from my car, and I'm like, oh, it's not going to start. Oh, then they're going to have to jump it. I got to go down there and help them jump it. And I don't know what I'm doing. There's so much anxiety just getting your car out of the garage and driving it to New Jersey. Right, Pat? She's talking about sometimes she's in her car. She's beating the windows. I get it. Pat Benatar gets me. She gets me. Linda, that girl looks just like Pat Benatar. I know. Wait, there are three girls here at Ridgemont who have cultivated the Pat Benatar look. Janelle Zembler, Mary Ann Zlotnick in the red tights. Do you think guys find that more attractive? Oh, Stacy, please, give me a break. You are so much prettier than them. There's so much anxiety to having that car. And they're like, well, why don't you just get rid of that car? And I'm like, huh. What do you know? Having a car in the city is like a chick magnet. <laughs> well, not the minivan, perhaps, but uh, another kind of car. Uh, well, I'm not going to be able to keep it that long anyway. Like I said, this is the first month where I haven't been able to kind of keep up bills, and that parking garage cost a lot more than it should, and uh, who knows? But for now, just trying to get it ready, and then my mother's like, oh, i got to take my car in the garage, so then you got to come in early, and you got to... I'm like, fuck you, wait, you don't have... All those people you've been driving around this entire time, nobody can return the favor? It's so frustrating, because I don't want to get... I mean, I don't mind visiting my mom, but I don't want to get there at 8.30 in the morning. I'm like, look, that was special when we were selling the house. I had to get there at 8 in the morning, and I cannot begin to tell you what a pain in the ass that was. I mean, if I got to meet you at noon, that's a completely different thing. But getting here at eight in the morning, then I got to deal with like rush hour traffic, which is just stupid. And I hate it. Oh, God. And so, oh, it's just really frustrating because I always have things I want to do on Thursdays when I'm there that have nothing to do with her. And this, well, this Wednesday I went because I thought the weather was going to be bad tomorrow, yesterday, and it was. But I had to go to Staten Island, as you know, you know. For the Super Bowl. And that gives me what? I mean, everything about going there gives me anxiety. The bar, going to Staten Island in general, getting getting the car out of the garage, getting there in time, seeing this guy picking up the winnings. I mean, it's just all terrifying. Uh, Walking out of there without getting shot. For real, you know, like, I mean, there's major anxiety going there. So I went there and I just needed to go. My mother was getting her nails done or something. I was like, I'll come see you on Wednesday. She well, I won't be there till three. And I'm like, well, I'll kill some time. And I'll go to Joe's house. And, you know, he hasn't really let me over since COVID a lot. So I was thrilled that, you know, things are maybe back to normal and I can go over. And his wife made me a sandwich. And she's like, do you want a sandwich? I'm like, well, I do want a sandwich. But I think I'm going to go out with Steve in Staten Island for dinner. And I know if I eat that sandwich here, I'm going to be totally full. Well, she makes me almost like a tasty sub sandwich. I'm telling you, like a tasty subs. Like like I just told you that giant sandwich where my mother's like, do you want a salmon burger? And I'm like, what the hell is the matter with you? She makes a giant hoagie sandwich. I'm like, 
And she's like, do you just want half of this? Well, yeah, just half. The half was like a full sandwich of cold cuts and lettuce and tomato. I mean, it was delicious. And she had uh, potato chips and pickles. And, oh, my, I had uh, Dr. Pepper and Snapple iced tea. Because, oh, they always have the liquid refreshments there. It was fantastic. So I ate the half. And then I'm like, damn it, I want some more, even though I want to wrap up the rest of it. But, yeah, I ate way too much. It was so good. She wrapped it up for me, gave me two more Snapples, which I was thrilled about, a small can of 7-Up and the rest of the potato chips to take home. I was thrilled. And I ate them Thursday morning when I woke up at like 7 a.m. I don't know. Well, because I never ate again after that because that sandwich filled me up. It was like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I never ate again. And then I couldn't stop thinking about the sandwich. But I did drink the Snapple on the road, which was fantastic. Because then I went to, oh, so I went to my mother's and I stopped by this girl that, you know, does all the cable for everybody at the this old age place or whatever you call it. She does everybody's cable. She's like, I don't know, the manager of some something. And I, you know, I invited her out on New Year's because I felt so bad for this girl. She's so cute and she's she seems nice, right? And she's young, but she, <laughs> this poor kid, on New Year's, you know, her plans got screwed because, um, I don't know, COVID, I guess, right? Everybody's New Year's plans were all fakakta, right? So she says, eh, I'll just hang out here, you know, with the old folk. They're having a New Year's celebration. And I'm like, wow, that's uh, that's unbelievable that you don't mind doing that, you know, because she's young. And then that got canceled. <laughs> and I'm like, man, you got to be having a bad day if your other plan which is to hang out with the senior citizens for their New Year's, which pretty much ends around 8 p.m., and that gets canceled, that's a bad day. I felt so bad for her. I said, you know, you can come to the cellar with me. If she had said yes, I would have gone to the cellar, but I, I wrote her an email. I said, you know, if you want to come with me, I feel horrible. <laughs> like, I mean, you should have some sort of a good time. It just isn't right, right? So anyway, I haven't seen her since then. And I always go in to check the office, see if she's there. So this time she's there. I walk in. She has a broken ankle, or I thought it was a broken foot. I'm like, what happened to you? She's in a wheelchair. She got a broken foot, and she has to wear this, like, peg, which looks like her, from her knee down, got amputated when she's walking. I'm like, what the fuck happened? And I don't even remember what she said. I'm just like, you know, you have some very bad luck. For somebody who's so sweet, you know, like I just felt bad. I'm like, Jesus Christ. She, I mean, it was, I was like, where'd you get that wheelchair? Oh, right, right, right. She works in a place where they have an abundance of wheelchairs, but it's, it's, I'm like, can I get something for you? She's like, nah, somebody's picking me up. Um, yeah, she's got to go out in this like peg leg. It's like really, it's like the, I've never seen anything like it. That's what made it so shocking, but it was just, um, Funny, I went in there to talk, and I stopped at this place called Battleview Orchards. I said, you know what? I'll get my mom something. I'll get some uh, apple cider donuts, and I'll get some apple cider, because I know she likes that, and I want some apple cider. So I bought that over, and I figured, you know, after I ate that sandwich, I could use dessert. So I, had the, so I went in this place. It's huge. And oh, here's what I forgot to tell you. In Jersey, you don't need masks anywhere. It was beautiful. I walked in that store. No one's wearing a mask. I mean, I was the only one in there, but the staff isn't wearing a mask. Your masks aren't required. Uh, wherever I was before that, oh, when I was in Staten Island, that part, they don't require masks. No, Only New York City is left requiring masks. Maybe Los Angeles. 
Jersey, you don't need masks anywhere. It was fantastic. It was fantastic not having to walk in and put on a mask. It was great. Yeah, well, you have to use it in the old age, you know, that then, then makes sense, of course. But uh, yeah, it was great going to just the apple cider store and not having to wear a mask. So I was just kind of looking around in there. They got lots of really good stuff and, you know, clean vegetables and rather uh, fruit and everything. You know, that's a place where they have like a pumpkin patch on the side and stuff like you can pick your own apples that time of the year. But they have apple cider. I should have gotten two of my. I should have got one for my mom, one for myself, because then we drank it. It was like, it was magical. It was magical. It was like, it wasn't as cidery. Like, so there wasn't a lot of fer- fermentation, I believe is the correct word. But it tasted, it tasted like somebody cut up apples, put them in a blender, and you're just drinking apples. It was delicious and so quenching because I was thirsty from the, you know, the sandwich and the potato chips, which were onion and garlic, you know, so I think I could have drinking that entire quart of apple cider, but I only had a little so I could leave my mom some, but boy was, oh my God, was that good. Next time I go there, I think I, I, I just got to bring some back, you know, with, with bringing stuff back, it's just a matter of like, then I have to transport it from my car to uh, my house, you know, which is always, you know, I don't want to carry a lot of heavy stuff, but I could just put that in my backpack. I'm getting it next time. It was amazing. It just tastes like apple, like you're drinking apples. Oh my God, that's the way it's supposed to be. It's all natural. They just do it there. There's not even any sugar in it. Like that's what's in an apple. I mean, it was just really good. Ooh, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna go there again. But the people that worked there were like idiots. I was like talking to this girl and trying to make like you know a joke or something. I, I don't even know what I said. I'm like, yeah, do you sell apples or something like that? And she's like, yes, we. You can just go over there. We have. I'm like. Ugh forget it i don't know it was really annoying but uh i i don't understand people that don't like the comedy all right maybe my comedy ain't that great but you know there's nobody in there I'm trying to have an interaction with you because there's nobody in the store so i guess i left it and it was later than i'm usually there you know and i'm like oh good i can go into traffic again i don't know maybe it was five o'clock by now maybe it was a little later and you know i'm always like oh good i can head in that new york city rush hour traffic that'll be terrific um but I decided, I don't know, I was sitting around, I was making some calls, just sitting in my car at my mom's place, and I said, you know what, I think I'm going to go to the comic book store. It, it, it was Catalina from Chile, who apparently we found out also, I mean, I, I don't know why I have so much in common with this girl, I do not know, but I guess because I am a 20-year-old girl technically, in my head as you know, but you can see by my movie selection and music selection, Uh so she was showing me uh, comic books and she shed a picture of her at the comic book store. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to the comic book store. I like that comic book store. It's a comic book store Cousin Frankie told me about in, I don't know where it is. It's right off Route 9 in Jersey somewhere. It's called Zap Comics. I, was going to, I hadn't been in a comic book store since the pandemic. And I'm like, you know what? I just want to buy one comic book because when I buy more and I get caught up, I never, I never end up reading them. So I'm just going to buy one. I'm going to buy one, and that's the problem. You know, you don't want to start in like a place where you're leaving off somewhere. So I found an issue number one of ten. Perfect. Batman. And uh, I said, all right, now maybe I can keep up with it. Every time I come, I can just get pick up a new comic book, and that'll be exciting. I love going to that store. It's so funny. I've played tapes before when I've had tapes with the guys at the comic book store. It just always delivers. They're so 
weird and just like in the movies, like you'd expect them to be at the comic book store. It's so funny. But I like that comic book store. It's nice. It's clean. The one thing I don't like is like where I'm looking at the selection is right by the cast register. So they're staring at me and I do get nervous. There was a girl in there and that was exciting for everybody involved. But again, when I went into this place, no masks. No one was wearing masks. It's not necessary. They just stopped. It's beautiful. This ridiculousness of wearing a mask when you enter a restaurant and then you take it off to eat is just plain stupid. If the waiters want to wear one, I can get that. But they're not even wearing them in Jersey. No one cares anymore. As a matter of fact, I have a story of a guy that just wrote an like a, an editorial piece for the New York Post. His name is Douglas Murray. And he was write, writing about... It, the, the article's entitled Broadway and the Prisoners of Mascaban. Because he, he went to go see Harry Potter, I guess with a, a bunch of people from out of town and, some, and his kids maybe. And, you know, he, there's a picture of everybody you know, in the audience, masked. He was saying that these people were coming up and, you know, you know, he has drinks. It is ridiculous to get drinks to go to a Broadway show if you know you're going to have to wear a mask. That is stupid, I think, on his part. So why are they selling drinks? And he's like, he's like, why are they selling drinks at, you know, you just spent $1,000 on drinks, let alone tickets. You spend $100 on drinks of water and maybe a glass of wine. And then when you pull off your mask to take a sip, you have to immediately put it back on. And he said there's people there like Dolores Umbridge, uh, he, you know, from uh, Harry Potter, who are there like, you didn't put your mask on fast enough. And they're yelling at everybody. And they gave them like four warnings. And can you imagine what that does to the other people that are sitting next to you? These tickets for all these people, he's saying they cost $1,000. And to get treated like that is just sick. And that's why I'm not going back to Broadway for a while until they get that figured out, because I don't want to be bothered by... Let, I don't drink when I'm at a Broadway show. I barely drink when I'm at the movies, but I nowadays I like to get a popcorn and soda, and that's normal. At a Broadway show, you shouldn't be bringing stuff inside anyway. You, you know, you, you just you, What do you need to drink for? You know, you're seeing a show, you just paid $200 a ticket for a show. Don't Just sit there and enjoy. Don't be drinking and eating in everybody's face, right? So you do that in intermission. Or beforehand, right? So I, I disagree with bringing in water or anything to see a Broadway show. I think that's a mistake. But they do sell it, and you're allowed to do it. Now, why would they allow you to bring drinks in if they're going to be that strict with their mask policy? Why would they even allow you to do that? You can't just police everybody with this mask mandate if you're allowing them to take off their mask and take a sip. And who would want to do that anyway? Isn't that a complete distraction to the 200 and plus ticket price you just paid to see that Harry Potter show? I don't know. It's driving me crazy. And until I don't mind, yeah, I do mind. I, you know, I, the way I feel, if I feel confident enough to go to a Broadway show and sit there with these people, then I think we should all just be maskless. And if you choose to wear a mask, that's fine. But I'm going to say, I'm ready to now take a risk, sit with this audience and not be maskless. And I want to laugh and, and do stuff without a mask on because I just paid $200 for these tickets. And obviously anybody that feels that they feel more comfortable with a mask, don't wear a mask. I mean, that's, that's just the way it should be at this point. It's ridiculous. It's over. I mean, it's not just over. I'm just saying it's over in the sense of like, 
We're either catching it or we're not. That That's what's over. This should have happened two years ago. You got to let it all hang out at this point, and it's killing Broadway, and that's why my friend's restaurant is in trouble and a lot of other restaurants because somebody's got to make a, a goddamn decision, and if I can go to Jersey 30 miles away and nobody's wearing a mask and nobody, everybody's forgotten about COVID there, I don't know why this can't be the same in New York City. But I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just I'm, I'm just abiding by the rules. I'm not mad at anybody or anything. I'm just saying, I don't know if I'd want to see a Broadway show with a mask on. I don't know. I mean, with Harry Potter, I'm not, I don't feel I'm going to laugh a lot. It doesn't matter. But wearing a mask sucks. But I'm wearing a mask for the rest of my life on a subway. And just I'll probably bring a mask to a theater. If somebody sneezes, I'll put it on. <laughs> right? But I'm not, I don't know why he's bringing liquids there, but it was really funny. His editorial was really funny where he's just using, he's like, I feel like we're at Azkaban, which of course is the prison place in uh, the Harry Potter, uh, you know, world. You have to know Harry Potter. That's what made the article so funny. In fact, I think I'll give it to my niece, Dory, who I believe will like it very much. Just Gow in the City will return after these messages. Hi, everybody. Just want to let you know that tonight, the Tuesday show on YouTube is back to the Comedy Cellar Nightly Show. Just fun and antics and all about the chat room and you and I having a lucid conversation. And, of course, on Billy Joel A to Z, not a classic week. We have the song No Man's Land, which I absolutely kind of love. And this children's song, Nobody Knows But Me. So, eh. Not classic Billy Joel A to Z stuff, but nonetheless, it is Billy Joel A to Z. Also, if you are enjoying Just Gal in the City or Billy Joel A to Z or the YouTube show, join my Patreon page. The 3 to $5 level gives you early access to the podcast and Billy Joel A to Z at the $10 level. A big bonus content with the photos as a companion piece to Just Gal in the City. And on that note, let's return to Just Gal in the City. You know, and here's so I'm taping this on uh, Friday because you know it's just easier for me. Um, but I was, you know, Alana and I were supposed to do a show today. Show got fucking canceled. I finally had a show. It got canceled. It got canceled because Alan Altman is not a draw. No, he. It has nothing to do with him. I'm just mad at him still from the cheapness of uh, the week before. But the show got canceled at the place you know where my friends know the owner. So I had to call my friend Liam. Like, oh, don't come Friday because we ain't gonna be there. This guy who was ever was doing this thing on the second floor of this place, et cetera, uh, was doing three shows, which was so impressive. One at five, one at seven, one at nine. He had half of them sold out. I don't know why it got canceled, but it did. So now I have nothing to do tonight, which, I, you know, of course, I was like thrilled and not thrilled at the same time because it's good to have something to do and somewhere to go. So I was, uh, you know, upset, but not upset. And then I was like, well, I can just make this day productive and maybe I really got to get down and get a haircut. But. I never seem to do that either. It's just such a mess. I got to come up with a plan of something to do or something, but uh, the good news is. Oh, have you heard any good news today, today? I want to hear what you have to say. In the Olympics, that horrible Russian girl who, you know, we feel bad. She's 15 years old, but she is Russian and Russians are stupid. And, uh. You know, they're letting this girl, if you know the whole scenario, they're letting this girl play. And she tested positive for uh, a banned substance. So everybody's furious. 
and she's the number one person, and everybody's really upset because there's not going to be, they decide there's not going to be a medal ceremony. It's just so stupid. She shouldn't be, the Olympic Committee is so, uh, what's the word, corrupt, that they just can't make a decision. It's really messed up, and it messes up everybody's good time, and they're letting this asshole uh, you know, skate. Meanwhile, last night was beautiful. She totally messed up. Everybody was thrilled. She's crying. You feel bad. She's 15, but she's stupid Russian. And the, and her and her trainers were yelling at her like, you're a loser. You'll always be a loser. I mean, she was born that way, so you feel bad, but you can't feel bad for Russian people. They're dumb. And it's um it, it, it and, and everybody's thrilled. Everybody's so happy that she messed up. Because now there's not going to be an issue. You know, that's what you put on this poor 15-year-old girl's shoulders. Everybody was rooting against her, and clearly it got to her. And she messed up. It got to her. Everybody knew. Everybody's looking at her. She shouldn't be there. She's not supposed to be skating. That's so much pressure. And it got to her, and everybody was thrilled. And NBC can't even... The, like, uh, what was that? That super hot girl, Tara Lipinski, and that gay guy she hangs out with. They're like, they couldn't contain themselves. They're like, well, we want to be polite, but thank God this happened. I mean, it was the exact right thing to do. It was really pathetic that they let her skate in the first place. And so that is good news for everyone else, not just the Americans, but everyone else, because nobody understands why the hell they were letting her play. Mama says that. Alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth, but no toothbrush. Also, the Rams had their stupid, stupid parade, I guess, last week. Nobody even, I mean, I didn't even see anything about it on the news. Who cares? No one cares. You know how I feel about that stupid parade, let alone in Los Angeles. Oh, my God. I, you know my whole backstory on that. And apparently, there's some stupid uh, newspaper photographer uh, Kelly Smiley, and she falls off the stage during the Rams' victory celebration, and she's in like pain, and Ma- Matthew Stafford, uh, he walks away, and maybe his wife's helping, and, and people are mad at Matthew Stafford. It's a photographer. It's a newspaper reporter. Why are we worried about her? Why is she on that thing anyway? What the hell is a newspaper reporter doing on the float anyway? You know th- that's, And so she falls off She's because she's an idiot. Every, I, don't, I hate the Rams. I hate everything about them. I hate Los Angeles, but I gotta. But this is somebody's problem that an injured photographer who probably was not paying attention and not being safety because she's trying to get a picture and now was she gonna sue? What an asshole! You gotta hate that. Why does Matthew Stafford have to worry about a reporter's you know health or safety? That's not his job. Lay off Matthew Stafford, whose poor wife got over cancer and shit like that. My God, drives me nuts. Peter Parker, brilliant but lazy. It's a big picture of Zendaya, who's so hot from Spider-Man, and her and her Spider-Man boyfriend at the Rangers game makes me so angry because they're just rooting for the Rangers. Meanwhile, Zendaya looks like 40 in it. It's so weird. I thought it was Sarah Palin when I first saw it. (laughs) They're wearing masks. Also, today in the news, the best, the best, uh, Kate Moss has a half-sister named Lottie, Lottie Moss, and she is a mess she loves coke and she loves to party and kate moss has called her out and said well she's a, she's a real wild one kate moss has to say that that means she's upping it to another level of kate moss the ultimate party girl model from the 90s is saying that her half sister 
really knows how to party, that's somebody telling you, oh my God, I have never seen the likes of this kind of partying in my life. That's when you know things have gotten really bad. That I'm trying to think of an example of somebody we know. I can't think of anything. Damn it, I can't think of anything. Ugh, it's making me crazy. Dean, can you, can you honestly tell me that you forgot? Forgot the magnetism of Robin Zander or the charisma of Rick Nielsen? That's kid stuff. Kid stuff? How about the tunes? I want you to want me. The dream police. Da -da 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 -da. Your mama's all right. Your daddy's all right. But just seem a little bit weird. Surrender. Can I talk to you for a sec? Well, now, St Stacy, I'm doing business. Well, just quickly, I'm going to talk about the, uh, before we leave, I'm going to talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because you know, you know, it makes me insane. So I believe, you know, they haven't announced who the inductees are yet, but I know that the nominees are, what is it, uh, Beck? Pat Benatar, Kate Bush, <laughs> Bush, uh, Devo, again, we went all in on them last year, Duran Duran, Eminem, Eurythmics, Judith, Judas Priest, I don't know that is, New York Dolls, Dolly Parton, Rage Against the Machine, Lionel Richie, Carly Simon, a Tribe Called Quest, and Dionne Warwick. Now, here we are again. I mean, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this anymore. I just don't know why they continue to... <sighs> Nobody doesn't like Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton is a goddamn living American legend. It's a fact. The woman's staying power alone, still being around and relevant in 2022 is a goddamn miracle in itself if she hadn't written any hit songs, especially being a woman and writing her own goddamn songs, so don't tell me that's not a thing let alone also being a movie actress and a really good one and, you know, just being an all-around interesting person and trying to do good and help others. Dolly Parton is, you know, should be above a, a music hall of fame. You know, she's in this other stratosphere of greatness. It's a fact, and everyone knows it. But... Why are we talking about nominating Dolly Parton into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Well, here we go again. <sighs> Dionne Warwick. Maybe you can make a case for. Maybe. Maybe. Lionel Richie. Probably. Like I said last year, Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston's a no-brainer. Whitney Houston is a no-brainer for a music hall of fame. So is Lionel Richie. So is Dionne Warwick. So is Dolly Parton. But a man, if you are calling this the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, then what the fuck are you talking about? How the fuck does Dolly Parton get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? It's that simple. It's called the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And clearly, Beck, Pat Benatar, you can absolutely make a case for Kate Bush, Devo, Duran Duran, Judas Priest. You can even make it, obviously, Rage Against the Machine. Uh, I, I would say Carly Simon, for sure. 
And the Eurythmics, I mean, these are all people that should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, including a, a tribe called Quest, Questlove. That makes sense to me. I, you know, because Questlove has its roots in rock and roll, there's a, a thing to it, even though that's not the kind of music they play. That's all right. But I, I don't see how you can make a case for Dolly Parton. And, and of all these people, really, who and I love her, because you can make a case for Lionel Richie. But I'm just saying, here we are again. It's Whitney Houston all over again. I mean, that's what I'm saying. If you're making a case for Lionel Richie, you know, how do you have a case for Whitney Houston? She's not rock and roll. They're not rock and roll. Judas Priest is rock and roll, and they're not really rock and roll, you know, but they're more deserving of a rock and roll Hall of Fame. They're metal. But that's all right. This is just so stupid. And I want to see somebody like Pat Benatar. This is, now, first of all, Duran Duran is fucking awesome. And they're the first time in, and remember we were talking about this about the Go-Go's. I'm like, last year, if, they, if you don't pick the Go-Go's, then you're just stupid. You're a stupid, stupid organization. You don't pick an all-female band in 2022. You know, a legendary band, not like a one-hit wonder band to go in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You, you're like the stupidest people on the planet, right? Just for all the diversity and nonsense, uh, you know, in the year of 2022, you better pick them, right? So right, that's the reason why, you know, you can't go wrong picking Pat Benatar. But Duran Duran, this is their first le- year being uh, nominated that they're valid. I hope they got to get in. I don't know why Devo hasn't gotten in, but Duran Duran is the goddamn best. Duran Duran is so great, and they were so important. That sometimes we just forget how important they were just to music in general. I'm talking about MTV and shit. They like started MTV. They were their 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 second album is so. I know I know they really not considered rock and roll, but you know th- those are people like you like make exceptions for. But their first album, or rather the second album, that Rio album. I mean, it's sick. I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's a it's a classic rock album. How is that not rock with that guitar? Man, it's a great song. Moving up a hole now, baby. I'm a bird on paradise. But you know I don't know the lyrics, but I'm trying. The ice cream smile. I suppose it's very nice. I didn't know how much I knew. You're something special and you look like you're the best. I'm just kidding. I mean, every song on this album was amazing. It's a perfect album. Listen to that bass line. It's unbelievable. And this isn't even the, one of the hits off it. And this is before, this is like 82, so it was like before they were doing like you gotta have like seven hits off an album it's before Thriller how is that not rock and roll that's completely rock and roll 
But I don't think anybody's denying that Duran Duran deserves to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I just like making the case because they're awesome. I have always just liked them so much. Even the ones you don't think you know, you know. Simon LeBond's voice is amazing. Let me get to that place. Harmonies. Save it for the morning after no. Save a prayer for me now. Save it till the morning after. Yeah. And that's the amazing thing, too. Again, we talk about this on the show all the time is the follow up after a masterpiece like that, you know? They they did they were able to follow it up with uh, actually this song was even one of their most popular songs of all time and even as uh, weird and electronic as it is. Even this one, too. This is the second song right off the album. Very David Bowie-like. thing too it's like then you know so you make all these hits you make two solid albums two really solid albums and then you're asked to do the next james bond movie and you just hit it out of the park i mean hit it out of the park with the one of the greatest james bond themes of all time i mean it's better than mccartney's uh, live and let die i think maybe sometimes and you just and, and and it's the worst, one of the worst Bond movies ever, and like just the worst title, and somehow you found a way to make it awesome. I mean, you just win. Why a mystery keeping inside? We 
mean, I wonder if uh, if this movie. I mean, you know, all the James Bond movies do really well, and nobody likes this one. View to a Kill. I've seen it over and over again now, but it is a, a very poor one. But I wonder if this song isn't great. If the movie does, uh, it could have been the greatest James Bond bomb of all time. And you remember what happened with the next one, which I talk about all the time, which is the aha, they coming off Take On Me, which is, you know, one of the greatest songs of all time from a shitty band. And they shit the bed with uh, their Bond theme, so much so that Chrissy Hine and the Pretenders have to come up and fix it. But we've uh, spoken about that before on uh, either this podcast or another one. But these guys are so talented. First of all, there's a documentary about them, which is fantastic. And you realize how prolific Simon Laban is. You know, he wrote all these songs. He has a notebook with it. It's really great documentary. And then after they, you know, kind of people kind of forgot about them and stuff, they they still continued to make music and hits, even though they were kind of done because their sound is 80s-ish. And they were considered just kiddie stuff, but they were still a band and they were still into it. And they... They came up with this one, and this is after they were kind of done, and it was a big hit. They were just good musicians, and they wanted a rock. And you know what the funny thing Years later I, I remember they came out with this one I'm the only one that knows this song The only one I played it on the podcast before Maybe for one of my openings I promise I'm the only one I think I'm the only one that bought it I, had, I actually bought it The 45 I think I don't know when it came out Late 90s Maybe 2000s Writing uh, songs that kind of suck you in and uh, have good, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, me. I'm just looking for the fun. What are you, good melodies. And I love his voice, and I use it all the time in things I do. I'm pretty sure when we did Grease at the Comedy Cellar and I was singing, 
I was singing like him, especially when I sing um, You're the One That I Want, right? I got chills. They're multiplying. I mean, I'm doing half of the Travolta, but I'm also doing Simon Le bon with the hitting. And that's the way I would sing normally. I hit those the way Simon Le bon would sing. It made such an influence on me. Uh, I felt like that was good for the way I sang. I don't know how to explain it. And I'm losing control for the power you're supplying. It's electrifying. In better shape up. I don't know. It sounds. It's. I mean, I was doing the the way Travolta did it, but it's. Uh, I don't know. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. So Simon Lebon's in my head. Anyway, the point is, I need them to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's very important to me. I don't know why these things bother me, but when you know. If Dolly Parton is going to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame before somebody like Pat Benatar, who, again, maybe next week we'll just talk about how amazing and what a pioneer she was, then I got a problem. But I really think I should bring on my friend Rick Newman to talk about Pat Benatar. She used to, now this Pat Benatar, remember, she used to go on in between comics, you know, stand-up comedians at Catch a Rising Star and sing. And, and, and then Rick was her manager for a while. So it'd be interesting to talk to him. Uh, before she gets passed over for, <laughs> for for Dolly Parton or Kate Bush, well, Kate Bush, uh, you know she just she doesn't seem rock and roll, but uh, I'm okay with that. That's like um, I don't know, you know, that's the question you can, but 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 can you know can you make a case for Duran Duran? You you call them rock and roll, probably not, but you know that's a whole other thing. But seriously, Whitney Houston, I, that's not rock and roll. And Dolly Parton, definitely not rock and roll. I mean, she's the epitome of not rock and roll. She's a country music singer. But that's how beloved she is. They want to put her in. I don't know. What, are you going to get mad at that? Well, I'm not going to get mad at Whitney Houston. There's just a couple questionable people they always have in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's called the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Just change your name. Change it to the Music Hall of Fame. Rock and roll doesn't exist anymore anyway. What's the difference? No one cares. It's all old people. There's no more rock and roll. It's over. It shouldn't be. But it seems to be. It's really rather sad. Well, what are you going to do? You know, these are the lives we've chosen. <laughs> well, nobody's chosen these lives, but, uh, well, this is the life apparently I've chosen. That's what everybody tells me. That's what Sarah Silverman will tell me. Well, listen, he chose this life. I'm like, shut up. Shut up, you whore. That's what I tell her on a daily basis. Yes, no. But you know what, folks? I had such a good time talking to you today on a very beautiful day looking out the window in New York City that I am almost just looking forward to next week. I wish it was next week already so we could be together again and have more stories and more fun and more Just Gal in the City. I hope everybody has a great week. I'll see you tonight on the Tuesday show at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Otherwise, I'm Billy Joel A to Z. Have a great week, everybody. See you next time.